0: Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We are so excited that you joined us for today's message by Senior Pastor Gary Hart from Victory Church in Great Falls, Montana. Our prayer is that today's message will inspire you to join us in changing the world by helping people find and follow Jesus. Now here's Pastor Gary. This uh, Christmas, my dad, Pastor Gary, for those of you that don't know, uh, he 's been doing the series on winning this Christmas, and so I kind of wanted to piggyback on that series and talk about countering complacency yeah, and Does anybody feel complacent today if you If you do, just stand there, just sit there okay everybody 's complacent, so it looks like the Lord was right that we all needed this, and uh, especially me. I found that like the couple times that I've spoke up here, it's been like the thing that I'm preaching about is something that I actually needed for myself, and I know I'm a lot worse than you guys, so you guys are probably doing, you know, pretty good, but there might be a chance, just like that Christmas present that, you know, when you're a kid and your parents got you like a pair of shoes or something like that, and they got it a couple sizes too big? so that you'd be able to grow into it, and it would last you a while. Like, they didn't buy the shoes for you at that moment. You get what I'm saying? You know, this message might not be for you at this moment. Maybe this thing is to, you know, leave in the closet for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden, oh, this fits me just perfect right now. I thought it was. <laughs> Do we really believe this Christmas story? Yeah, yeah. Do we really believe it, though? I, I feel like sometimes Christmas is so festive and it's so cheery and not everybody's like that. Most of you are complacent out there today. so. But it's a happy time of year. There's presents. There's usually visiting family and everything like that. And are we really celebrating the meaning of Christmas, or are we just celebrating the, uh, the opportunities that Christmas brings? Does that make sense? And that's just kind of something that I was thinking about. Are we, are we really believing this Christmas story? And I, I was thinking about complacency and everything like that. And, you know, when I looked it up in the dictionary... Because that's what you do when you don't know what a word means. I always like heard the word, and I'm like, "It's kind of a big word. And I have a bachelor's degree, but I still don't know what it means. They don't teach you everything in college. We become casual, disinterested, in cu- in <laughs> I, They didn't even teach me how to talk. Incurious. Is that even a word in Curious? Because it was in the dictionary, so hopefully some of you smart people know. Even nonchalant, and I like nonchalant because I feel like people like look at me sometimes and they take my laid back for being nonchalant, but I love Jesus. Can you tell? Anybody that could look this foolish up on a stage just to tell you about the Word of God has got to love Jesus. But uh, nonchalant, we come disinterested. Does anybody anybody feel that way about Christmas ever? Like, there's years. Am I right? Am I the only one? I'm literally the only one. Are you guys, Penny, are you laughing at my tag here? (laughs) We're like in the middle. (laughs) Your wonderful kids are up here singing, and the whole AV team is back there. They're like waving me down. They're like, your tag. I was like, I don't know if I want to keep it. If you see this at Walmart, don't buy it. It's probably got my pit sweat in it or something. Because this thing does not breathe very good. Oh, it's itchy. It's itchy. Oh, come on. Don't act like you've never done the same thing. You guys are just better at hiding it. Does everybody remember why... You first were searching for Jesus. What was the first thing that brought you to Jesus? What was that thing that that got you here to this place where you were seeking out a relationship? Some of you that might be right now, and you don 't even know it. But do you remember that moment when we were in that moment? we were never complacent, we were never disinterested and Just like any new relationship, especially like one with a significant other, things are usually pretty interesting at the beginning. You're getting to know each other, and the talking back and forth, the Snapchatting. You guys know, when you Snapchat each other back and forth, Gina was on the phone with her her beau yesterday for like two or three hours, and my dad was like, it was worse than that. Don't let her fool ya. And my dad was like, "We used to have to pay money per five minutes to talk on the phone, or something like that." Or how much did you pay? Four cents. A minute. Oh my gosh, four cents a minute. That inflation. <laughs> Sixty hundred. That's even more. <laughs> but nobody. We don't start a relationship off with Jesus like that we don't start a relationship like that with your husband or wife or your whatever you know we don't start relationships off like that but what happens what happens we get what was that word in in curious we stop searching we stop looking to the word we stop what happens is anybody else there with me I feel like I'm the only one. Just like I'm the only one in an ugly sweater. I'm the only one that feels this way. And I don't want it to be like that. I don't mean for it to be like that. But for some reason, this complacency creeps in. But the message is countering complacency. So how do we counter it? Well, during the Christmas story, just like all of us, there was a few people that were searching for Jesus. And since the, you know, winning this Christmas theme, my beard keeps getting caught in this mic. Maybe I should shave it, I don't know. Some poor person's going to be up here talking with a bunch of beard hairs. Anyways, there's a few different people searching for Jesus. And before we go into that, I want to use this scripture, if Amanda would put it up there. You will seek me... And find me when you seek me with all of your heart. The translation that I wanted to use, but Amanda chose not to use it. <laughs> if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And you're like, why did you give us the answer before you even went through the stories? Because I want you to look at it from that, that perspective that you know the answer. We just saw the answer. If we're searching for Jesus, if we want to find him, if we want to stay interested, if we want to stay not complacent or uncomplacent, if that's a word, seek him wholeheartedly. It's right there. But the first character, and I say character, but this is this is a real story. This is actual history. You can look it up. Is King Herod. King Herod, you guys, I'm not gonna go through all the scripture because I probably wasted my breath. Yeah, look, four minutes left. <laughs> king Herod, the magi, the wise men, they come up to him. They're like, hey, where's this, where's this king? Where's this dude that we want to worship him? This is a translation, the Spencer Hart version. And the king is like, whoa, whoa I don't know about this king this king there's another king is he gonna try and steal my throne like what's he what does this mean for me and he gets scared and he doesn't know what to do so he asks the wise men hey when you find him let me know because I want to worship him too aka kill him wow tough crowd but there's a couple things from King Herod's story and I would really encourage you to go back and read it yourselves because it will make way more sense. And it's good to just read the word anyways. Amen. But a couple things about King Herod. He only sought Jesus for his own selfish reasons. He was looking at it and he was like, I need to find this Jesus because I need to get rid of him for my own personal gain. Does anybody ever look at Jesus kind of like an ATM machine? Something like that. And you're like, I need Jesus because I just need this, or I need this, or I need this. (laughs) We've been there, haven't we? Amen. I'm the only one again. I should just sit in a room by myself and just sit here and preach. (laughs) Thanks, Carol, for laughing. But uh, in the scripture, it said, when we seek Jesus wholeheartedly. But the scripture is W H O L E. But King Herod, he was wholeheartedly, he had a hole in his heart. It was an H-O-L-E. See, I can spell at least, even though I can't talk. Yeah. He was wholehearted. He was searching for Jesus, but the peace about how can I serve him? What can I do for others? It wasn't there. It was about, all about himself. The second point from King Herod is, is that he sent other people to find Jesus, and I thought the kids were going to be in here with us, so this was a point that I was going to talk to the kids about, but I got some youth kids in here, but you're the ones up on stage, it's like preaching to the choir, you know, but uh, (laughs) I just wanted to say to the kiddos that we can't ride the coattails of somebody else's faith. And this goes for everybody, even uh, Flatiger up here was talking about, you know, we can do so much, but at some point, you have to take it on yourself, and for a lot of years, myself, you know, my parents are pastors, so it's pretty easy, like they have a long coattail, really long, it's like an oversized trench coat, and I was just sitting there just riding the wave of their faith, and then it got to a point where I was like, you know, I I can't really fake this anymore, you could say. And I had to go and find Jesus. I had to search for Jesus wholeheartedly. So that was just a little reminder. So maybe tell that to your kids later, you know, when you talk about Jesus and devotions. You guys all do that, right? Okay, just making sure. If not, you know, no condemnation, but it's a nice tactic. The third point and this is a little bit farther down in the chapter, but King Herod blames people for his unability to find Jesus. And in doing so, he ends up killing a bunch of babies that are within the age range that Jesus would have been, which is just awful, just awful. And the reason he did that is because he couldn't find him. So he starts taking it out on other people. And this one is... Is 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 pretty deep because how many of us when we struggle to find Jesus we start to look at other people or other things and be like, That's why I can't find Jesus. That's why I don't feel Jesus right now, that's why But the scripture says if you seek me wholeheartedly, then you will find me. So if you're not if you don't feel Jesus, if you're missing out on something it's available to you. It says so in the scripture. So you can't look at somebody else. You can't look at Pastor Gary and say, you're not, you're not preaching good enough. That's why I can't feel Jesus. And you can't say to your family and your friends, you know, you guys just aren't encouraging me enough. So I really don't feel fed. Oh, my word. There's nobody else. It's only you. You're on an island. And if I'm on an island by myself, I want Jesus. It's like that old game. You know, we've done it in youth a couple times. It's like, if you're on an island, what do you want? Most people are like, I want a boat. No, I want Jesus on a boat. Even though Jesus could walk on water, he could walk right off that island. Amen. So that's King Herod. The dude was pretty complacent. He kind of sat back. Although he really wanted to find him, but his intentions were terrible. The shepherds, on the other hand, the shepherds, they have a cool job. They just kind of hang out there in the fields at night and just sit there and wait for angels all the time. That's all they do. And when their angels aren't appearing, they're just counting sheep. I mean, that sounds like a fun job. And probably like keeping away... Tigers and lions and bears, oh my. Speaking of oh my, it's 10.02. The shepherds, you guys all know about the shepherds. The angels, they came, they told them a bunch of stuff, they sang, and then the shepherds all look at each other and they're like, let us go and search for this thing that we've been told, which was Jesus. We've all, has everybody heard about Jesus? Everybody here has heard about Jesus, so we're supposed to go and search for him and find him. Has anybody found him? Yeah. Well, have you ever seen that movie? And they're like, "We found Jesus," and the person's like, "I didn't know they were lost. I didn't know he's lost." Was was it? Oh yeah, you didn't know he's missing. All right, thanks, Bobby. <laughs> the first thing the shepherds did was they listened and obeyed. They listened and obeyed, and that's like 101 Christianity. Like, we look at the Word, we do what it says, but their ears had to be open. Their hearts had to be open to receive it. They had to sit back and be like, you know, this is an angel, which, if an angel came to you, would you not listen? What would your first thought be? Like, really think about it in your head. What would I do? Because... I don't know, sometimes I think maybe I'd turn and run, or maybe I'd throw a rock at them. Or, I don't know what I'd do. But they obeyed and listened. And if we're talking about complacency, we, you know, that one word, gosh, that word is killing me today. Incurious. disinterested. When you're disinterested, do you ever really hear? Are you listening? Because... I've been in a lot of math classes. Actually, I should say a lot of, what would that be, grammar classes, something like that. And the teacher is teaching. And my ears don't seem to be working because I'm, like, looking at the pictures on the wall. You know the pictures, the one that say, like, trust. And then there's, like, a bunch of people, like, holding each other, jumping out of a plane. (laughs) You guys don't know what I'm talking about? You haven't been to school? Gosh, I'm the only one that's done so many things. You guys got to get out more. (laughs) I don't hear when I'm not interested. I don't hear if I'm not curious. And if I don't hear it in the first place, how am I going to obey? In the second point of the shepherds is they spread the word. They spread the word. They heard the word. And then they spread the word. They, they got there. They saw Jesus. And then the Bible says they went around telling about this new Jesus, this new king. I'm pretty sure that shepherds aren't, like, super educated people. And this isn't, like, a knock on a shepherd or anything. It's just that's what they did. They grew up. That's what they did. They knew sheep. Nobody knew sheep like they did. But they probably, you know weren't the most uh, literate people or anything like that. But the Bible says that people listened to them. And when you think about it, you're like, why would people listen to these shepherds? You know, like it's not like you're listening to Galileo or anything, any philosophers. It said they spread the word. And I look at that and I'm like, they didn't even have the Bible at that time. They had... The Word of God. They had Old Testament manuscripts and whatnot, but they still were able to spread the Word. And then I look at us today, and we have a Bible that tells us everything we need to know, yet, why is it so hard for us to spread the Word? The stories aren't even happened, even. These people are like right in the middle of the story. So why not? Why can't we spread the Word? Is it because we're not interested? Is it because we're incurious about what happened? I don't know. That, we're, trying to, we're trying to find the answer, people. Together. Together. The third is they glorified and praised God. Can anybody glorify and praise God right now? This is like the biggest... I, I love this one because... I feel like this one, we just lack so much. And when I look at complacency, oftentimes, it's like, I can look at somebody and tell if they're not interested. And when people can't praise God, and when people can't worship God, it's like a, just a, you're just like, I don't know if that person really believes what we're talking about right now. Do you guys get what I'm saying? And I'm not saying this to call you out, but I'm calling you out. Because, because if you love Jesus like I love Jesus, then you move. Your arms will move. Your legs will move. Your tag will move. And I spoke to the youth one time about how, you know, when, when, you, when you love something, when you have that, that love, it kind of it comes out in a physical type of way. Like your body will move. And so my hands kind of just like do this thing where they go up in the air and then I have like I have like no rhythm. I have none of that. So it doesn't look great all the time, but I'm not going to let the fact that I look like an idiot because I always do stop me <laughs> from praising and glorifying God. Thank you. For what they had seen was exactly as it had been told to them by God. That's what it says in the Bible. Because what they had seen was exactly like it had been told in the Bible. How many people have read their Bible, and God has made a promise, and he's kept that promise? It happens all the time. If you haven't seen it, you should open your eyes or get some of these fancy glasses, because they work. I've seen it before. But I think this this is such a cool point, because are we really looking? Are we looking at the promises of God, and are we looking at our own lives, and are we saying, wow, that was in the Bible, and now it happened, I think I'll praise the Lord. Yeah, do we do that? No, typically we like look around, we're like, uh, that's pretty cool, I must have done good. Like you had something to do with it. Trust me, if, I, if anybody knows that it wasn't you, it's me. I wouldn't be up here. God is constantly fulfilling promises, and so we should constantly be praising God for what he's done. The third is the wise men. Just to remind you, we're talking about people that were searching for Jesus. All of them were searching for Jesus. The wise men, you know, we kind of already covered them a little bit, but they came first to King Herod, they're like, where's this king? And they uh, they found him. They never told the king though, but the wise men sought to worship Jesus and bring him gifts. And this kind of goes back to King Herod. These two, there's two people. There's three wise men. There's one King Herod. King Herod wants to find Jesus for his own personal gains because he wants to kill Jesus. The wise men, they're looking for Jesus because they want to worship him and they want to give him gifts. And we, you know, Flatiger, I think he looked at my notes before he got up here because God gave, Jesus gave. We're supposed to give. And the wise men came to give to Jesus. They sought him out. And if we don't want to be complacent, oh, there you are, flattery. I keep looking around for you out there, and then I notice you over there. (laughs) (laughs) Wave your hands like you told everybody else to do. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. They came to worship and give him gifts. They came to worship and give him gifts. Number two, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They were overjoyed. Overjoyed. Over, Just a burp. Have you guys had the coffee in that coffee shop? Oh my gosh, it is good. It'll make you burp though. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Overjoyed is the opposite of complacency. When you see somebody that's overjoyed, you're like, all right, what are you on and where can I get it? Because it's not something that we typically see a lot. But just think about who we serve, the God we serve, the Jesus that we're all talking about today. He does so many things. How are we not constantly overjoyed? How are we not constantly overjoyed? I know. And (laughs) I wrote down, are you overjoyed by Jesus? Or are you overwhelmed by everything else? And I just thought about that. I'm like, is our world so crazy? Is our life so crazy right now that I can't even think or reflect on what God is doing? And I'm overjoyed by that over just what's going on in my life right now. Because it's easy to get caught in that trap to think, you know, life sucks. I don't have a job or a car live with my parents. Oh my! Okay, it's starting to happen. I get it. I get it now. I get why you're not overjoyed. But we have to get past that if we want to counter complacency. Because there's so much joy to go around. Overjoyed. I just want to be overjoyed. I don't want to take much more time. Oh, my gosh. Time flies. Why are you searching for Jesus or why did you search for Jesus? That's one of the questions... I'm asking is just, do you remember that time? I feel like when we know the why, it makes it easier to stay interested. It makes it easier to stay into it if we remember why. And if you remember the story in the Old Testament when uh, Israel crossed the Jordan, I believe, they put a bunch of rocks in a pile, and then they would go back there and look, and it reminded them of when they came across, when they passed through, that thing that used to happen to them. Maybe you need to make your own little rock sculpture, like a little tower in your backyard or something like that, something that you see every day that just reminds you of why you were searching for Jesus in the first place, why you sought Jesus in the first place. Do you glorify and praise God like the shepherds? Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. Do you glorify and praise God? And you can write these questions down and ask them to yourself every day. Do you seek God to worship Him and serve Him? That's what the wise men did. I, uh, back to that question at the beginning, and it's like, why do we start out with so much interest and so much intrigue in Jesus and then. Sometimes it goes away. While we looked at it, we can praise God. We seek God. We seek to give Him gifts, not just for ourselves. But when we find Jesus, it's not time to sit down, but it's time to take off. Because how many times are we like, okay, I found that thing. I found Jesus. You know, things are going pretty good. I'm going to sit down on it now. I can't sit down And we'll be able to get back up. It's time to take off. When you find Jesus, that's like a ramp. It's like a runway to take off. It's not a seat for you to sit in. When you sit down, that's when you become complacent. Thank you. And you guys are all complacent today because you're all just sitting there. Like bumps on a log. In James 2.17, it says... Are you going to get the right, uh, the right one this time? <laughs> In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. And you're like, whoa, we went there, huh? <clears throat> when you're complacent, you're not taking any action. You're not doing anything. You're sitting there. And it says right here that if it is not accompanied, if faith is not accompanied by action, it is dead. Nobody wants a dead faith. Nobody wants to be that person. So, I want to talk to the parents right now. And luckily, most of us are all parents now. But, this is from us kids. I wrote this, it's kind of a haiku. And let you know us kids are watching you, and we are not easily fooled. We can tell the status of your faith. And if we don't see faith being acted out, we know that it is not a priority for you. So why should we be expected to live out something you don't even appear to believe in? I have the privilege of being the youth director here, and I find it hard sometimes to get through to kids often because I get them for an hour and a half, two hours on a Wednesday night but they're you know, at school, they're with you they're at home, different places throughout the week and I just, I want more time with them because they're so cool and talented like that but at the same time they're seeing a lot more of you than they're getting from me And what is your daily communication like with God and with your kids? Because if you're not displaying daily communication with God in your home and your kids aren't seeing it, then how are you going to expect them to show up to youth group and praise God, worship God, get in their Bibles? It makes sense, doesn't it? Like, you guys are all like, do as I say, not as I do. Well, that's a cool saying, but it doesn't have really any real-life application. Lack of the fruit of the Spirit. If you're flipping off every driver in Great Falls because we all suck at driving, well, what do you think your kids are going to do? I'd never have done that because my parents modeled it greatly. Actually, you should see these people in Seattle when they drive. It is awful. (laughs) They're the ones getting flipped off most of the time. If we say we love God, but we never prove it, we're lying to ourselves. We're lying to ourselves. Faith with action. The best gift that we can give our kids is proving to them that we love Jesus. I think it goes beyond parents, though. It goes to all of us because the world can see our complacency. The world, just like the kids, they can see, they know that we're Christians, they know that we love God, and they can see right through us if we're complacent. We're not fooling anybody. We just look like a religious organization that shows up on a Sunday morning to drink coffee and sit in our chairs and listen to some guy talk. You could go do that anywhere. There's all kinds of business seminars, and you can even go get, uh, what's that thing they do where they hypnotize you and you quit smoking? That's the same kind of thing. What's the difference between that and just sitting in service with a coffee? At least you quit smoking at the other one. (laughs) I don't know if it works or not. The world can see that. So we can't be sitting here and staying complacent. If we're not fired up about God that supposedly saved us, that supposedly came as a baby, just so that He could die for us, If that doesn't get us fired up, if that doesn't get us off our seats, why is anybody else out there going to believe that? Nobody is. And our kids aren't going to believe it either. So I'm going to get done with this because you guys probably want to go watch football. Constantly remind yourself of why you sought Jesus in the first place. Continually glorify and praise God for his fulfillment of his promises And always seek to worship and serve him and not yourself. This was Kids Takeover Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more information about Victory Church or to give online, visit VictoryChurchGF.com. Have a blessed week.